Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world, you are listening to Courageous Self-Love, the official podcast for the self-love revolution happening right here, right now, 24-7, 365. We talk about topics that are important to us and how self-love relates to that and how we can just elevate our lives. Today's topic is very near and dear to my heart. We'll be talking about self-love and friendship, particularly female friendships and this concept of sisterhood, womanhood, and how connecting women connecting with women is one of nature's most untapped resources. It is the medicine, not one of the medicines. It is the medicine. We're going to dive into like how this medicine has been hidden from us and how can we take control back of it. And in the spirit of sisterhood, of course, I couldn't have this episode by myself. So I have a very special guest here with us today to talk about this topic, Grace Gordon. She is a model, an actress, and an activist. And we connected instantly when we met and even deeper online through social media, talking about some really deep shit. Grace, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for inviting me. I was so excited when you said that this is what you wanted to talk about because I know that friendships and in particularly female friendships have been like the through line that have gotten me through all challenges in my life. And so yeah. I was my heart lit up and I was just like, wow, I am so excited that this is what we're talking about. Yeah, it, it's, it's and it speaks to that, right? It is the medicine and it is nature's or, or our society's most untapped resource, at least to date but we're changing things. (laughs) I think so. So I want to start by giving everyone listening just like a before and after snapshot. So just first, like a before, what were you taught about female friendship or, or friendship with other women? What was your experience growing up with other women? Tell me a little bit about that. I love the question. I mean, I have been very lucky. I always say that I was, I grew up in a matriarchy. My mother and my grandmothers and my stepmother, they're all powerful, working, intelligent women. Not that you have to work to be powerful, but like just all of them were dynamic and go-getters. So I never came with the programming installed. (laughs) that women couldn't do anything. Like, I just didn't have that around me. I didn't have the sexism around me. Mm. Uh, As a kid, my mom is the CEO. She had different boyfriends who were all, you know, loved powerful women. My dad has just a deep appreciation for the feminine. So I didn't, I never had that. And it's been, it's been kind of like this gift that my, my family life has been really healthy and, and respectful and set good examples when it comes to, Um, women in what we're capable of and also female friendships. Um, It's been, it's been stepping out into the real world, quote unquote, that has been very confusing for me. So I'm interested to hear about like, yeah, what, because I've been hearing you talk like I, that was not my experience and I'll share mine after you, but I'm like, what would that even be like? And so I was like, my mom has two best friends, two Mm -hmm. female best friends, one that she knew when she was like my age in New York and one that she went to medical school with. So I, as a child, had like strong relationships with these two friends of hers. And when we would stop in Washington, D.C. or stop in New York or whatever it is, like we would always go visit her friends. They were always part of whatever she was going through. Like when my mom's mom died, her best friend came to the house to help her unpack all her stuff oh. like it wasn't like a you know a boyfriend mm-hmm. and it, I feel like her female friendships were always like who she turned to and and they were always like the the, the through line in her in her life my parents got divorced when I was young and my mom dated some people like it, and I'm not saying I'm not complaining about that I'm yeah. saying that I feel like I had a really good example of a woman who like stayed in her power and yeah 
and had these constant friends that she could lean on and joke with, you know, and I also grew up with a mom who, you know, had the experience of being a woman in New York City. And like, even though, you know, for all of its faults, of which there are many, the kind of sex in the city style of humor and connection was very much like what my mom's vibe was, (laughs) including the fact that she was a New Yorker. And, you know, I even grew up around that show, you know, whatever, I was exposed to a lot of inappropriate (laughs) content, but it's fine because it gave me this, it gave me this kind of uh, energy and this appreciation for always check in with your female friends. Yeah. And it just informed the way that I live my life in a really meaningful way. You know, and I should also include that I have a sister. I have an older sister. We have always also been very close. I can always turn to her. We're always supporting each other when we're with our parents. You know, we have each other's backs. Oh, that's Um, so good. Yeah. And so, like, I've just been so blessed by, like, the the healthy examples came from my family. That's so great. Yeah. And so, but, but it has been this, I think that it's been this sort of like backwards thing where my before has been like, I I know what I want and I have the good examples. But then you went into the quote unquote real world. So what was that like, that transition? Was it like this culture shock? Like it's been a little bit of culture shock. Mm. I mean, I am, I'm lucky enough to have the same best friend that I've had since I was like nine. I met my best friend, Amaya in fifth grade when I was living in Connecticut, I grew up there. And then I moved to Philly when I was um, 12. And we have maintained our best friendship even since then. Mm. So, you know, more than a decade of our friendship has been almost entirely long distance. We were able to maintain that even as as teens, we talk on the phone and like every week and have since we were children. And then when I, I'll go visit her and she'll come visit me. And so that's been amazing because, you know, sometimes you just meet someone and they're your soul sister. They're your soul. Yeah. And, and we met that in, through line that you, that you mentioned a couple times. And yeah. it's, it's so important because like you and I have talked a little bit about trauma and, and those types of experiences. And I have this friend who has known me, through like those experiences and you know I like it's like I'll have anxiety about really letting myself be seen and really letting myself be known for my vulnerability or my trauma and pain you know I want people to just see that perfect version of me that has no problems and I don't relate to it at all (laughs) um and then but I have had this gift of this I know that the most beautiful healing relationship in my life is with my friend Amea, someone who has seen me at my worst. Mm-hmm. And that's been so important. But the, yeah, the world has been a little bit of culture shock. And especially, you mentioned that I'm an actress and a model. I mean, especially working in Hollywood. Yeah. I am constantly reminded that women have been fed this idea that we're competition or we have to fight for the attention of a man or that just like we always sh- or should be um, one downing each other. Yes. Yeah. Women have that tendency to go, you know, I had a hard day. You, oh, you think your day. day was bad. Yeah. yeah well, listen to how bad my day was. Like there's all, there's even a competition in that way of like, who's the bigger victim. Who's the, who's the smallest. Yeah. I, I love that you bring that to light. And that's something that I, I talk about a lot too. And as heteronormative as this conversation is, my invitation is like, that's the context of this conversation. So my invitation is to, for you listening to just adjust as needed, but generally speaking, you know, right. tend to one up each other, like my dick's bigger. No, my dick's bigger. Or like I made this many baskets. Well, clearly I don't know sports, but you know, if you look around at, at men's <laughs> relationships or, or listen to their conversations, they have no problem one upping each other and not even sometimes it's competitive and like nasty, but usually not. Usually it just serves for the purpose of like, even making them more confident, everyone involved more confident. But women, it's like we have this unconscious agreement to stay small. Mm. 
And it's like, oh, you think your boyfriend sucks? My boyfriend, I can't get him to do blah, blah, blah. At least your boyfriend does this for you. Or you think your job sucks? You think your boss sucks? Well, mine, you know. So it's like we're, we're not only competing with each other for, like, what we want. We're also competing to, like, be as small and as, you use the word victim, like, who's the biggest victim, like, as possible. So it's like no wonder that we have this, programming so for you 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 didn't have that like you were not installed that operating system in your life (laughs) but coming into the world full of people men and women and other alike installed with that what is that like and how have you navigated and has that affected you like in terms of your female friendships and otherwise yeah I mean I think that I've been lucky to keep a couple friends for so long because mm-hmm. I've, I've always grounded. I've always been able to intuitively know like who is going to be my, my person mm. um, in any group that I'm in. Yeah. So like I've had the good fortune of like figuring that always figuring that out very quickly. Even like here in LA, like, you know, the first acting class I joined, I immediately knew like who my, who my person was going to be. And we were just out two nights ago, even though we haven't been in that class in years. Right. Um, So that type of intuitive trust has been really helpful because I do always make friends with a woman quickly and, and just nourish that friendship, which helps in, in any social environment. Like I, you know, especially as a cancer woman, oh my gosh, like I tend to personalize everything. Oh gosh, everything. Me too. I just, and I'm, I'm working on it, but I just, I just tend to personalize everyone's behavior and it's like, I'm so sensitive and I don't just like that about myself. No, I, I, I like that. that. Sensitive. Yeah. yeah, I think that it's valuable, but that can mean that sometimes I do need a grounded perspective of a friend who can go like, hey, like that's not that's not about you <laughs> or, yeah. or whatever it is. And like, I, I feel like I always, I qu- can quickly figure out who my lady friend is going to be. And that person tends to be someone who is more discerning than I am, no matter yeah. the age. Well, especially, you know, they've, they've got your back and, and they know you. And, yeah. And I think that's really important. And I love, I just really want to pull out the piece about, being sensitive and that you don't dislike it because I think that is one of the ways that you know the patriarchy if you will or society whatever you want to call it keeps women from their power because in general women are more sensitive and we're taught that that's a bad thing like how often do we hear I didn't cry I was strong (laughs) and I don't think that's strength (laughs) I know I was like what like but, but here's the thing, like, I hear it all the time. And even though now, like, I know better, like, I hear it all the time. And it's like, crying is strength in so many ways. And I mean, we could, we could talk for hours just about that. But I just think the point of teaching that being sensitive is a bad thing, or that you shouldn't be sensitive is like one of the first faults of of the the operating system if we'll keep going with that analogy I love it (laughs) you know what I mean and 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 a lot of us are programmed with that and so that's a big reason I think too that does keep women apart Mm -hmm. and back to this theme of like women relationships and sisterhood and friendship is the medicine it's the medicine it's the most untapped resource But if sensitivity is, you know, that line of code is sensitivity is bad, a lot of women relationships are about being sensitive, like to each other. Like even like you're saying, your through line friends are sensitive to the fact that you're sensitive and saying like, look, I know that you feel this way, but it's not about you, like knowing how to meet your needs and and support you in that way. So that's, that's one piece for sure. Well, and I certainly know about myself, or I've recognized in the past few years, that I do develop this sort of persona that is a lot harder than I am. And part of that was like, I worked kind of as a day job in like the comics industry, like comics and geek culture. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And I developed a sort of like 
funny, flippant, like free spirited kind of persona. Was that to protect um, yourself? Yeah. And it's like, it's like, yeah. uh, I, like you know, I would get the, yeah, I would get the feedback yeah. from men that like, I'm one of the boys. I'm oh like my gosh. a hot girl, but like who can act like a boy. And I, I should also add that I have seven brothers. So mm. I like, I feel like I have this kind of character I can get into. That's very like bro-y. And I it's, love it's not me. Yeah. It's totally to protect myself. I mean, there are, there are ways that I can really, that I am that, that I am free spirited or that, you know, I'm very yeah. funny or whatever, sarcastic, but I have developed this sort of shell, this sort of character that I get into. And I, and I so often realize that it's among my friendships with women that I feel safe to really be sensitive and really be nurturing, which I think is my true nature. So I'm glad that I have a space where I'm able to be that no matter what. And I, it's certainly something I'm trying to challenge in myself is like this, this desire to not show who I really am. This is so good. And I, I, I just want to pause because there's so much meat there that I want to tease out for like mm-hmm. for the both of us, but then also for anyone listening. Number one, I love our intuition is so like in sync because I was literally going to ask the next thing topic was about this concept of I'm just one of the guys Ugh, and so I hate many women say tell me that. yeah or or, <laughs> or a lot of women even start to own it and self-proclaim I get along better with guys or men and I'm like you know I would challenge that but here's the thing it's part of that line of code right and it's so funny because hearing your experience it's like you created this persona to protect yourself around men generally speaking Mm -hmm. but then when you're around women you're kind of able to let that persona down a little bit more and be sensitive and for me I had that protection with both men and women just everyone that was just my protection with everyone I was very much this I worked on Wall Street I I got an engineering degree so I went to school with all mostly guys like 90% men and Wall Street was also mostly men And I was like, I'm this badass chick. I work on Wall Street. I have a degree in engineering and you can't fuck with me. And I totally had this, like, I'm always pimping it, you know, like I I, I date a lot, but like I'm single and loving the single life. Truly though, I just wanted like someone to come home. I'm a cancer, just like you. Like I wanted someone to nest with and cuddle with. Yeah, like this is what I want. And that was like with men before, and then with women, it's more like, it's it's a little different flavor, but there's still like a persona that I put up simply because of like, I, I, I grew up with the programming, so right. I didn't feel as safe. And it's just interesting because for me, with men, that changed when I took down that persona and I just allowed myself to be more sensitive and vulnerable and I'm just going to believe you and try yeah, to apply it because I'm I not know, there yet. I know. Like this, that's going to be my challenge is, is letting men see that. It really yeah. is. And well, I, it's, for it's, me, so it's so beautiful to connect with women like you who have been working on that and who have examples of it, of it being, you know, successfully showing your vulnerability. Yeah. Well, I, I, that's why I think I was saying I want to tease this out. There's a lot of meat for the both of us because mm-hmm. for me now, my challenge is with women. And hearing you about this, this through line and this matriarchy, through line of friendships and this matriarchy, I'm so inspired. And hearing you say like, oh, it's with women that I can be sent. I was like, not me. <laughs> I'm so happy we met. I feel like yeah. we're going to know each other for a very long time. Oh, yeah. It's so complimentary sure. that we have these different experiences. Back to the medicine and the, the most untapped resource. I think that it's it's a woman's vulnerability and sensitivity and that desire to connect. And when women connect and relate, it, it not only helps them, like right now you and I are just being healed right now just by having this conversation, but everyone else in our lives get to like reap the benefits of that healing. And any, everyone else listening to this conversation can reap the benefits of that healing. And it's the reason why I want to talk a little bit more about how you said, I hate when people say you're just one of the guys, but then also 
like I said, would you agree? Like women do kind of claim that like, I don't get along with women. I get along better with men or guys. I'm, I'm one of the guys. Like, do you see that as well? I do see that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think that women say that uh, to protect themselves, you know, like maybe they mm-hmm. have had wounding experiences with yeah. other women and it feels like validation from men is like the only thing that has worked out. You know, I think a yeah. lot of women develop that kind of one of the boys persona maybe, or that kind of like, I'm cool and nothing affects me and like, whatever it is, like, because, well, we're also taught that, right? That's part of the, the operating system. Right, and that's part of sexism, right? Like that, yes, that what we yes. associate with power and what we associate with, with cool and yes. success, like is, is being unaffected and being yes. like flippant and, and, um, more masculine. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with those qualities, um, of, but it's this sort of masculine airiness and, um, Mm -hmm. direct, directed, ambitious energy and, uh, all of these things that are really valuable, but there's a whole other side to life that we so desperately need. We need it in our relationships and we need it in our country. I mean, you know, I could get on a political rant here, but the feminine is so needed right now. And that's an example of how sexism and the patriarchy hurts everyone. Everyone. It doesn't just hurt women. Well, it hurts everyone. And so I hear, I hear women say this and I just want to hug them. You know, and mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I do get the feedback sometimes from men that I, you know, oh, you're just one of the boys, or like, um, uh, I, I'll get someone with someone saying in a, and they mean it as a compliment, like, oh, you're kind of a tomboy, which mm-hmm. is so funny because I'm so not like I'm, <laughs> I'm such a like hyper feminine woman, mm-hmm. but it's this sort of thing that they read that is like the fact that I'm very confident and I'm very like um you know sexually empowered or whatever it is Mm -hmm. and unfortunately that sometimes I really hide my sensitivity and my vulnerability by developing more masculine qualities and that's really that's not their fault that I do that and that that's what they pick up on (laughs) so and it's not not the fault of women who who say like oh I just just get along better with the guys Mm -hmm. and so let's like really because I think it's related so I, I think in your life it sounded like it's a protection for you as it relates to relationships with men it's also a protection for a lot of people as it relates to relationships with other women. And it's, again, it's the biggest lie that we're living because sisterhood and women connection is the medicine and it is nature's most untapped resource. And it's hidden from us. It's hidden from us in the line of code that says being sensitive is bad. It's hidden for us in the line of code that says, well, being flippant or overconfident or whatever is the, is the power and vulnerability and emotions is not power. So what, like, what would we want to say to like that? I just get along better with the guy. Cause sometimes I don't know. Cause it's so ingrained in us that we just believe that that's the better way. Cause I know when I was like, I used to be like that. I used to be like, I just get along better with the guys. And if, if you tried to tell me otherwise, I'd be like, you're stupid. So, (laughs) I mean, I would say that my experience of anything has taught me that everyone, everyone, at least in our culture is starving Mm. for the feminine. Just, starving you know whether it's in your friendships or your romantic relationships like that desire that we each internally really have for softness Mm. and for nurturing and sensitivity and healing like we all have that hunger and and we're afraid of people seeing it but my experience has taught me everyone is just as starving yeah. So if you can be brave enough, like you said, to to show that, to to represent that, like people will say thank you. Because everyone's star. I love. I yeah. And I like you said. Everyone is starving for it. It's not. This is not like a man woman thing. This is not a like hetero thing. It's like everyone is starving for the feminine, 
and our society, the programming, the operating system is like horrifically void of it. Yeah. I mean, and it is true that like the patriarchy hurts everyone. Everyone. Because, yeah, like back to that, because, you know, there's that, uh, the masks we wear documentary and, and mm-hmm. lots of other projects now where, you know, men are stepping up and saying like, yeah, like being this tough macho thing, it, it's not serving. We could talk about all of that forever, but I want to talk about like some real life situations. Like I like talking about before and after moments and then what got us from the before to the after. So I'll, I'll go first just to kind of like, tease this out, but I want to hear your experience with it too. So like I said, um, before, you know, I was very much that I get along better with guys. I'm one of the guys I even, Oh my gosh, this is so funny. And any of my friends listening, there was a time when I went on a cruise and it was like a bunch of people and I was like pretty much drunk most of the time. And my tagline was, I should have been a dude. And it was like, I got got everyone saying it. I was like, I should have been a dude. You know, I make money. I'm like sexually liberated. Oh my gosh. It was totally, and even to this day, some of my friends, like, cause it's from, I'm from New York and I live in in Southern California now. But when I go home, some of my friends still, they're like, I should have been a dude. Like that was the so that's hilarious it's hilarious and I literally only hung out with dudes and I convinced myself that women suck women are dangerous I should have been a guy and my friendships with women it's not that I didn't have friendships with women but my friendships with women especially compared to how I see them now and what I crave now it was very much like just you know a girl to go to the parties with get drunk with go eat food but the purpose was really to go out and like meet more guys you know like were we really connecting maybe but not to the level or extent that I know is possible Mm -hmm. and I had a lot of like revolver door relationships with women you know they come in then they leave then like I somehow convinced myself that this relationship is not good it just was so interesting because I I I had a lot I've had a lot of quote-unquote trouble with like my relationships with women like we would break up or like not even officially break up but just like we would be in each other's lives up each other's butts and then like, and then just not be like something would happen and we wouldn't talk about it. And we would just like convince ourselves, at least for me, like, well, guess she's not the one, like whatever moving on. You know what I mean? Until I got more conscious and awakened to like the feminine within me and to this concept that you said, Grace, about everyone is starving for the feminine. And I realized, I just like looked at my life and this like track record of relationships of just like, I don't want that. Like, I just don't. <laughs> and so now I, I know that it's important. And again, like I said, I've been saying it over and over. Sisterhood is the medicine. So I've had to like reprogram all of that shit to like realize that my desire for connection with women in just like the fun, like in, I'm talking about slumber party, you know, let's get naked and run around in the rain. Yes. And like talk about, talk about boys, but also talk about our dreams and aspirations. Just like all like cuddled up in a big pretzel, like that, like softness and that like laughter and that connection. I was like, oh my gosh. And when I finally stepped, it like started to reprogram that and started to get a taste of it. It's like that moment that you taste that food that you're like, oh my God, everyone needs to have this. And that's, that's why we're even here. So that's a little bit of like my like before and after or one of them, you know, what can you share about your kind of experiences with that? Like feeling starving. I love love this, this idea that you brought up of like, you know, this is the medicine this is like the the untapped resource. I mean, I use this statement a lot that like, especially in the past few years, I have been able to make better decisions with men and with like, I'm, I'm someone who's become really good at holding standards mm-hmm. with work and money and men and whatever it is. I'm good at holding standards 
and playing the long game or whatever you want to call it. And I truly believe that it's because I'm not starving. Oh. And it's because of my female friendships. Like I'll, I'll go out with friends and hear their horror stories of dating or, or even the relationships that they're in. Yeah. And I'm just like, man, I would never have gotten into that relationship, period. Right. Um, I don't say that I was judgment, but it's just like when you're not starving. When you're not starving, when you when you know what how good it can feel to be treated with respect and reverence and be honored mm. for your sensitivity, because you have female friendships that exhibit that, it's easier to go, no, thank you to the jobs and the men that aren't right for you, you know, and it's not about judging. It's not about judging. Everyone's on their own path. But I think that my female friendships have just made me respect myself and make better decisions in all areas of my life. Because it's like, I know how good it can be. As you said, I want everyone to taste this. When you said I'm not starving, that was a moment. So I I don't want to like skate over that moment. And also like the feminine is all about slowing down and like luxuriating Mm. in every moment. So I definitely want to luxuriate on that because it's like, yeah, you, everyone has experienced being so hungry that like you'll, you'll eat anything. Like you, you, you shove the donut in your mouth that, you know, you probably shouldn't. Or, you know, I, I, I was reminded of, I think it was the, the show Man versus Earth or something. I don't awesome. Where he like he's in the desert or somewhere and he like pees into a rattlesnake skin because he knows he's gonna be so parched that he's gonna have to drink it and that's gonna feel like be what he needs. Right. So it's like if you're starving, if you're parched, you'll you'll take anything, you know. Absolutely. And and I love that you brought that up because I've been it definitely answers the question that I always still ask myself and I keep learning the answer of like, how do we even get to talking about this with like, cause for me, like I said before you could have never been like, no, Amelia sisterhood is the medicine. Like I would have looked at you like you were crazy. I would have been like, no, Dick is the best, you know, whatever. <laughs> so, but like hearing you say that is like, yeah. And it's like ties back to self-love when I'm not starving, I don't put up with shit, this bullshit from these dudes, from these jobs, from this whatever. And the way that I don't starve, the way that I fill myself up is with the feminine, with these feminine friendships that fill us up. It's such a gift to really name it, to really look at it and name it. And to also, to I think I want to address though, like how important momentum is in this area like mm-hmm. yeah it's a really important to start with like okay i know that those like that female friendships connection between women and just the feminine in general can be so healing and heal all elements of your life but i also think that you know part of it is is having the momentum of it it's like i'm able to make better decisions at work or or mm-hmm. with men or whatever because i have the other stuff going on and he and building on itself and I'm I'm totally willing to like be open like last year I really made a mistake in this area and Mm -hmm. I went through six months of backwards motion in this area because I like I had gone through a breakup with a man that Mm -hmm. was like really I got my heart broken Mm -hmm. and I was like dealing with all sorts of worthiness issues and like shame and just like, I felt terrible about myself. And, you know, as, as it happens sometimes, and I look at all of this, I've really had to forgive myself and, and say like, you know, that was just the path. Like I clearly still had stuff I needed to heal because I went backwards so, so far, but I went through this breakup with this man and I started to really look at and address this pattern in my life of falling in love with a very specific type of person. I say person in part because it's not just men. I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm bi. So I've been like in a romantic relationship with a woman like this too. Mm -hmm. I fall for this sort of 
tortured, mentally ill, like artist archetype. This, right. I've realized that's what I think it is, but it's really like personality disorder. Right. Like I am, I am unfortunately such a like empath healer woman who right. savior just, almost. Yeah. I mean, no, I have a savior complex. I do about people like that where I'm like, Very they just, <laughs> yeah, they just need my healing. So I, I got, I went through this terrible breakup. And I realized that, you know, oh, I have this pattern and, and this, I fall for this type of man in particular. And I really don't want to do that anymore. I don't, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be with men like that anymore. Really started to name it, look at it, heal it. And I think because this kind of archetype was just in my, it was such a focus of my in my mind at the time. Right. Your psyche. It was, yeah. It was just, yeah, it was so present in my psyche. The universe gives us lessons, right? Yes. <laughs> and so, and so what ended up happening was I was super focused on healing this and I ended up coming into contact with a woman, a platonic female friendship that ended up playing out the same story. Same, similar um, archetype, similar story. Right? Absolutely. And it's funny because up until recently, I've never had that kind of fighting with a woman. You know, it's always been the female friendships. Right. Been the healing thing for me. But I think because this, this kind of, this kind of pattern was so present in my psyche, patterns aren't gendered and the universe is going to give us lessons Yes, healing. Like it's going to throw as much at us as possible so that we can really, really learn. She, yes, she absolutely, you know, had that set of issues and I, what I, but because it wasn't a man and it wasn't a role. You couldn't see it as clearly. I couldn't see it. Yeah. I could not see it. Yeah. And, but it really, it really, um, it brought up my like desire to, to fix people, to heal people, to deal yeah. with, you know, savior thing because she had a lot of wounds a around me. When you said patterns aren't gendered, that was like yeah. a moment too. And it's so true. And it's so funny, Grace, you and I are so intuitively aligned because I feel like the minute I have notes here of like anchor points that I want to get to in this episode. And the minute I look at one, you segue into it. So oh, like, wow. If you need, if you, no, but like, if you need more evidence of why the feminine is medicine and why, like, cause I feel like especially too, when a woman is aligned in her femininity and sensitivity and intuition, and she links up with another, even just in conversation like this, it like, it's like exponential. So I'm just like blown away by you, by us, by the feminine. Thank you. Me too. (laughs) Yeah. And so patterns aren't gendered. And I, cause I wanted to talk about like, kind of like the last big topic to really discuss is um, this concept of, are we conscious about our friendships? Or, or are they just convenient or trauma bonding or are we just living out another pattern? And the fact that patterns aren't gendered and where I'm at in terms of like my kind of, cause I feel like this, what you just described the situation is like one of those before and after moments in life or one of those pivot moments in life. For me, the pivot moment was, you know, I had been able to step into my feminine as it relates to relationships with men. And it radically changed my dating experience to the point where now I'm in this really loving relationship with a masculine man, which is what what I wanted. But I did it because like, I was living out the same freaking patterns with women. Because my pattern was unavailability, feeling this need to prove what a great, you know, wifey material I was to get a guy to date me and look how smart I am and look how witty I am and look how much I can help change your life. Mm -hmm. But I was just chasing these unavailable men or the pattern was on the flip side was I was running away from these, I called them puppy dogs, like these men who were just obsessed with me, who I just did not respect. And that's not their fault. That's totally my shit. And I just was like, so I was in this cycle of like chasing unavailability and running from what my, I perceived to be desperation. So patterns are not gendered. And I was absolutely living that out in my relationship with women. And I had to really think like, 
I was so desperate for the feminine, essentially, like we, we've established, that my desperation for women friends, I did not have the same, I like how you said it before, standards or boundaries around my feminine friendship, my female friendships that I learned how to have in my relationships with men. Yeah, I mean, it all just plays into each other, right? And the, yeah. and the feminine really is the healing. Yes. The healing, the, the healing sauce, the healing tonic, it's, it's whatever it is. It's the medicine. It is. And, and I'm, you know, I'm seeing that more and more, um, even in my own story, in my own pattern, because I can, I can pinpoint for you, mm-hmm. like, just in this conversation, I'm having like this aha moment of like, you know, I got involved with this friendship with this woman who was really abusive. Mm-hmm. And she, she had a lot of wounds around female friendship. And I think that's part of why she latched on to me was because mm-hmm. I was like, I know the secret. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's on to me. I have, the, I know the secret sauce. Like mm-hmm. I, I, this is where I'm strong. But unfortunately, you know, she, she's a, she has a lot of mental health issues and, and this is like, it's a repeated thing in her life is like pattern of abuse. And I wasn't as able to under to, to recognize the red flags because it wasn't a man, it wasn't a romantic relationship. And I'm realizing in the context of this, you know, of this uh, conversation with you that I, I, I kind of ignored my own intuition quite a few mm-hmm. times. I think mm-hmm. I had this desire to like heal her wound towards mm-hmm. the feminine. Yes. And as I started to do that and, and have these sort of alarm bells go off and, and exhaust myself in her presence, as I started to feel the like, oh, I, I recognize this pattern now. I know what this is. Yeah. Um, it was actually my friend, Amea, mm. my longtime best friend that helped me cut the ties with it. And, help you, and did it, she help you recognize it as well? Like, like she helped me recognize it. <laughs> we, I mean, she, she, we have, we've always had really deep kind of therapeutic conversations with each other. Mm-hmm. He was a psychology major and now social worker. I, you know, I, I've always spoken about relationships and everything on a kind of deep psychological level. So we were able to have these conversations that, that, you know, first of all, we're just like, she's the, you know, I was able to say, Hey, you know, this friend has a lot of like personality disorder, mm-hmm. uh, indications like or whatever like she seems to have a lot of so so yes she's able to therapize it in part but it was beyond that it it was I I actually I flew to the east coast to go see this woman in a play it was six months of just like as as it happens with abusive relationships I kind of detached from all of my friendships and like mm-hmm. sort of like you know what I mean I just sort yes. of disappeared from all of the things that are healing and, and good for me but I flew to the east coast to see this play and what happened is because Amea lives lives in Connecticut where the play was I spent a lot of time with her while I was there yes and it was like wham reminder oh this is what love is this is what friendship is because uh, Amanda and I are like so soft with each other. Yeah. It's all like gooey love. It is all building each other up, you know, in a really grounded, genuine way. It is all like listening to each other and holding space for one another. And it's such a, a slow moving support for each other that I like went to go see this play, but I, I had the, the blessing of spending a lot of time with Amea while I was back home, I suddenly was just hit with like, oh, this oh, is different. This. Yeah, yeah, this is what friendship is. Yeah. I'm in, I'm in a, a bad pattern again. And I was able to just end the friendship and let it go. What, what a beautiful example of feminine is the medicine. Mm-hmm. It's like you, it, it, it was so much the medicine that it pulled you out of this months long abusive relationship that you couldn't even see mm-hmm. in the moment. And the, this medicine helped you see that. And I just want to pull out something because 
um, the feminine is the medicine, like that can seem like, okay, well, okay, Amelia, what the hell does that mean? Well, I'll tell you. Um, intuition, that was the first piece that I want to, because you, you said right, like one of the first things you said about it was you did not listen to your intuition. And so that was like denying the medicine, right? Because intuition is part of feminine medicine. And I, I, I know this for myself and everyone that I've ever spoken to, you can pinpoint the exact moment that you did not listen, men and women and other alike, right? You can pinpoint the exact moment you did not listen to your intuition, which was the pivot point for it to all go downhill. Absolutely. So, so feminine is the medicine that includes intuition. That includes the other piece too was slowing down. I, I really felt this, like you were in like my, I got this image of like, you're in this whirlwind, you know, you're, you're reeling from this breakup from this whirlwind with this man. So right. then you get into this other whirlwind. Cause that was in the psyche and the, you know, and you're in this whirlwind and this friendship with this woman. And Amaya was just like this beautiful, like slow down button that you just got to like slow it all down and be like, Oh my gosh, I didn't listen to my intuition here. These are the, these are the, um, signposts here like whoa and that the feminine loves to slow down she likes to go fast don't get don't get us wrong right but she loves to slow down so feminine being the medicine intuition slowing down being soft I think that speaks to being sensitive and vulnerable and being emotional you know I think there's a lot of uh, pejorative contact connotation with being emotional Amaya gave you the space to like feel <laughs> she really did and and it you know it is it is in part slowing down especially I think yeah. when we're when we're not feeling good about ourselves yeah and you know mm -hmm. I mean bringing it back to self-love right I can I so clearly see now how like these circumstances that I went through last year were so much about like you know I got the the wind knocked out of my sails by going through this breakup yes. and then I just sort of repeated the pattern and it was because I wasn't feeling good about myself and so I didn't slow down I right. didn't I didn't like take the time to listen to my intuition I just ignored it because I was just I was like trying to cover up how badly I felt internally yes. by just focusing all my energy on another person and that's the the self-love piece that gets skipped over. And it's total, of course, it's totally understandable when something in your life knocks the wind out of you and just really like knocks you on your ass. And of course, you know, anything that causes that kind of grief, we're not saying like, yay, have self love and love and light all the time. Like, of course, like you're more vulnerable to that, which is, I think that was the piece about you forgiving yourself, right? Like we all, that happens to us in life. We don't always love ourselves in every single moment. And there are times when things happen and we just like remind us of all the reasons we hate ourselves, which is okay. I'm not shaming that or saying that that's part of the process though. But back to the feminine being the medicine, it's that slowing down, that softness, that intuition. But the other piece that you said um, was grounded and the piece that you didn't say, but I heard in between the lines was boundaried. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people have a misconception that the feminine is like, la, 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 whatever, like, which she is. But when she's out of balance, oh, yeah, no, she doesn't have boundaries. You know, when out of balance, it's a tsunami that like kills people. But when mm -hmm. in balance, it's a wave that you can enjoy the ups and downs. And so boundaried is also a part of the feminine being the medicine, contrary to popular belief, right? Like, and, and you, you know this way more than I do being growing up in, with the, the matriarchy and having a much stronger quote unquote, you know, program, you know, I'm still learning, but it's like, right. Like it's boundary. It's not just martyr, give it all. Like I, I think about your mom, you know, the CEO that, you know, e even after divorce, you know, she's still dating, but like she has these boundaries, Mm -hmm. it's like these are the boundaries and we can do whatever the hell we want inside of that but th this is what it is yeah and I, th I think boundaries are such a important um empowering thing to start enacting in our lives and I think that yeah. the word seems to scare people I don't know what it is but the yeah. word boundaries I, it, it seems like it freaks people out but I mean, if there's one thing I've learned in the past year that it, 
it, it is that like the people who are right for you are the ones who listen to and respect your boundaries. Right. And it's because they also have healthy boundaries. It's like like recognizes like, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, so I know we can go on for like hours about this, but um, just to kind of wrap up, like in, with everything we've talked about, you know, what is like one final thought you would like to, to leave here with in terms of this whole, like everything we've talked about, self-love and friendship and female friendships and, and all of that. Like what's a final nugget you can leave us with? I would say that I'm going to, I'm just going to repurpose some, thing I learned or something that I love from Shonda Rhimes's book. She has mm -hmm. this book called Year of Yes. And she says in it that, you know, the, the female friendships in your life are the ones that are the lifelong gift. Like, you, you know, your, your couple of female friendships are the ones that are going to get you through mm. anything and everything if you put the work in to nourish them. And that, and this is my experience, the men in your, like the, the romantic relationships, they can come and go. Mm -hmm. and that's not to say that we shouldn't honor them and, and work at them too. But I really do believe that like, you gotta, you gotta put the work into your female friendships first. Yeah. Because that, those things, those can get you through, those women can get you through anything. Mm -hmm. And then I think you will, you know, everything else in your life can work out better. As I said earlier, like my, my job, my income, my, my relationships with men, they're all so much better if I am prioritizing my self-love mm, and my okay. relationships with women above everything else. Oh, I love that. those things are solid. Yeah. All the rest of this stuff kind of works itself out. It does. It really, really does. That's so, so great. Thank you. And uh, um, I'll, I'll link to the, the book Grace mentioned um, in the show notes, just for you listening. If, you know, if you feel like you need to grab a pen to write it down, don't worry. I'll link it in the show notes. Um, Thank you so much. And if I were to leave you all with something today, it's, I've said it multiple times and I'm going to keep saying it till it sticks. The feminine is the medicine, not one of, not a possible, it's the medicine. It, and it is our most untapped resource. And if there's anything in your life that feels like there's a void or that something is, is empty or not at full capacity, it is directly proportional to how, to how you're prioritizing this feminine medicine. And so whatever that means to you, I invite you to noodle on this, to journal about it, to ask questions as always. You can uh, contact me through my website to ask any questions, but just definitely really, really take this in and, and see what comes up. And I, and I want to hear from you, whatever comes up for you, ameliafortes.com slash contact. We'll talk about it. Thank you so much, Grace. You are literally a goddess, an angel in my life. And I'm Thank so happy you. the universe brought us together. <laughs> I am too. I mean, I, this is just, this is like what I want to be talking about. Yes. And then, and as both times that we've talked this week, it's like just the act of slowing down yes. and connecting with each other yes. like has healed parts of me that I didn't know were hurting. It's yeah, amazing. Yes. Yes. I, I totally relate and agree. So thank you so much. Thank you for listening. This has been Courageous Self-Love, the official podcast for the self-love revolution happening right here, right now, 24-7, 365. I'm your host, Amelia. We had our guest, Grace. Thank you so much. We are outie for now. Thank Love you. Ya. Bye.